And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hello there. Welcome back. Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. And we're back for another episode of 1% Better. And we actually, this is our second episode of the week. And we didn't plan to have that first episode, but uh, stuff happens, right? Uh, Especially on the Colts beat. So we recapped the Carson Wentz news for you in that earlier episode, and we figured, oh, well, you know, we'll just come back later in the week and we'll just talk about, you know, all the other stuff that happened on the field. And then literally 24 hours later, we get news that Quentin Nelson is out for potentially months. (laughs) So other than that, nothing's going on. Half the offensive line's hurt. The quarterback's hurt. Everything's fine. Your thoughts, Zach? I'm kidding. Yeah, unless you have thoughts. <laughs> probably one of the worst starts for camp for any team, right? I mean, I haven't really looked around the league closely because I've been so busy with cold stuff. But when you lose Quentin Nelson, you've got Ryan Kelly. Although Ryan's probably back in a week or two, probably a week. Um, they might sit right. him out of those Carolina Panthers practices next week, but then he's probably back at some point, which is good. But I mean, I spent the day with Rick Venturi the other day, and he called the offensive line a turnstile, the left side. And that's what it is right now. I mean, Chris Reed <laughs> is your left guard, and Sam Tevy can't block anybody on the left end. So it's not good. And it's 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 also needs to be equated when you start to weigh what Jacob Eason is doing, and we can dig into that as well. I thought he had his best day um, on Wednesday before the break, but – um, you know, he's he doesn't have the Colts offensive line in front of him. He's got something entirely different. I don't know what to call it. Um, I call it a pretty bad lineup, and I call it trouble. So, you know, here's something that someone asked me the other day, and we'll start, like, broadly, and then we can go more specific. Um, we don't, you know, it's hard to know how long these guys are going to be out. We got these really big ranges on, on Quentin Nelson and, and Carson Wentz, and then the other thing, you know, we haven't even talked about Eric Fisher, really, right? We, I, I yeah. talked to Frank Reich about him a little bit the other day. I didn't get anything in terms of a timeline because I don't think they're going to go there. But they feel some optimism, right? But, like, am I going to sit here and tell you that guy's going to play opening day? Uh-uh. No, I, I can't tell you that. So no, you're, you're looking at missing, you know, perhaps your two most important offensive linemen um, on opening day right now. And that ain't good. And so, and the quarterback. And so, and by the way, Darius Leonard hasn't practiced. So, uh, all I can say is, look, if someone asked me the other day, like, so, wait a minute. I thought this team was really deep. You know, is this, can they survive all this? Maybe they can. And I was like, all right, that's a fair question. And we have been telling you, right, that this team has a lot of depth. I think that's their calling card, that it's not so much elite players as much as they have a lot of good players. Um, so, that's a good thing. But uh, I think... These are cornerstone guys is the problem I have. And I think that's tough to overcome. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I, I think just you know, when you when you talk about your best positions, your most important positions, which are, I think, the offensive line and quarterback, I mean, it doesn't get more 
urgent than that. When those two spots are in trouble, I think teams in trouble, and I just don't know how you can how you can like spin that, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, can can their depth like be a saving grace in the meantime? Do you think, or just well, I don't know. It's one thing to say they have depth. It's another to lose your top-end talent. And I think any team in the league, if you lose yeah. the quality of players the Colts have lost the last couple of weeks, it would be a significant blow. And I do think we see a lot of good football players on the field every single day right now in Westfield because we do. Kenny Moore has been terrific. Michael Pittman has this anger in his game this year that just seems like he's mm. ready to take another step. I thought Jonathan Taylor has been the best player maybe on either side of the ball. He just looks like he's running with – a confidence that he didn't have at least early last season. He's picked up right where he left off. And, um, you know, Bobby Okariki is a guy you mentioned has just like stepped up in a big way. Um, So there's a lot of good players playing football right now, but we know how this league works. If you can't score touchdowns, if you can't move the ball with your quarterback, you're just going to be trying to shorten every game. And that's just a, it's a tough way to live. But um, where do you think about this Eason situation about, you know, five practices in because it's it's been uneven mm-hmm. to say the least. Yeah, and I th- I think I'll start by saying I'm not surprised that it's been uneven. I I didn't expect Jacob Beeson to come in here and look like a a ten year vet. That that was unrealistic. And, no way. Yeah. And I and I think it was compounded by the Wentz injury. Right. I mean, in in a in a weird way, like he'll grow more from this because he gets more reps, but he wasn't like ready for those reps. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying no. So it's trial by fire. It is what it is, and you know he, he might he might ultimately be better for it, but but I mean for right now, it's <laughs> his head is swimming, and I mean it has to be right. I mean you can't. Can you imagine what it's like to be Jacob Eason right now? I mean, so. You come into this, all right, they sign Carson Wentz, and you're like, all right, well, Carson's the guy, right? Everyone tells you Carson's the guy. And then the second practice, Carson's out for an undetermined amount of time. And now it's like, all right, by the way, you don't have half your offensive line, but congratulations, you're the number one quarterback. And he's <laughs> got to go against a really good defense every day. It's not, I mean, it's, nobody's open, you know? I mean, it's hard right. to find guys that are open. Well, the pass rush has been has really been an issue as well. You know, So he can't really... He can't really go through the progressions like he wants to. So anyway, uh, here's here's what I'd say, and I've written this, and I think it's still the question. Uh, I'll start by saying, yeah, he had a. I think he had his best day, no question, had his best day on Wednesday, which is the last practice we're recording this on Friday morning. Uh, we'll be uh, heading out to the Friday practice after this, so we'll see. Uh, but Wednesday, I thought he had his best practice. I thought he made better decisions, and that was what I was heartened about. Yeah, uh, because. That is something that he has struggled with. Not a surprise. Young quarterbacks struggle with, you know, decision making, right? It happens really fast. So what he's wanted to do, I think, has been, you know, to be aggressive, but he hasn't like wanted to pull the trigger. So he pulled the trigger a few times on Wednesday. And that's what I, I like to see because all right, all right, you got this big arm. Great. Now use it, right? But at the same time, you've got to use it in a way where it's harnessed and and you aren't out there just throwing the ball to the other team. So, you know, he has this tendency to force balls into coverage. Uh, that's something that got him in trouble, I think, throughout the first week. So he kind of stayed away from that on Wednesday. That was good. Uh, and as I said, he he pushed the ball definitely down the field a little more. Um, 
he's he hasn't really hit like a big time big play down the field. Uh, they've missed Ty a couple times, but but I, I that's okay. I mean, the, I want to see him hit those intermediate throws at least, and then those opportunities for the big plays they'll come in time. But I think. What you got to do is you can't check down all day long is what I'm saying, no. right? You yeah. just can't. You can't do that. Uh, it's going to be just too difficult on your offense. You have to make some plays. So he started to do that. And, and again, his arm is of no use if, if he can't you know, make some aggressive throws. So he's starting to do that, I think. And I, I, what I want to see, maybe this will be the case, but what I want to see is this continued progress. So... He needs to go out there today and build on what he did. So I think the question is less about what have we seen and more about what we're going to see, because I think that is going to tell us as much as anything. You know, can he continue to grow? Um, just what what do you think? I mean, what what have you observed yeah, and, and what, what, what are the well. good and the bad that you've seen? I think you put it well. It's, it's not what we've seen. It's what we're going to see. And I've always thought it's that that two week where he's at. Right, and then where he's mm-hmm. at against the Panthers—that's going to be a tremendous gauge of where he's at. The practices, not so much the preseason yeah. game, but the practices. And look, I had a, a long talk with Scott Milanovic the other day about Eason, and he's like, "Look, he's doing well. He's making the mistakes that young quarterbacks make. He's working extra." Um, but this is something that I would agree with with the Colts' quarterback coach, and this is just this is just an eye test sort of thing. But you know, Milanovic said he doesn't have that look in his eye where it feels too big for him. And I know that sounds like a cliche, and it is, and it's a football coach phrase. But Easton does not look lost out there, and he doesn't look like he's scared. And a lot of the young quarterbacks have come in and done that. And I've seen these guys, these third and fourth stringers over the years, look like they want nothing to do with the defense. I think that matters because this guy's making mistakes, but I think there's teachable tape. And when he checks it down, instead of going 30 yards down the field to Pascal, I think Milanovic can show him in the film room later, like, hey, man, that's open. Like, you got to throw that. Like, I know that's not open in college because you need three extra feet, but in the NFL, you got you got to thread that window. We started to see him do that. He made a great throw to Pascal through traffic the other day. Um, and, and I want to know, like, did he go into the did he go into the office yesterday and work on his and work on watching film and, and getting better? Like on his off day. Like, remember, you used to right. hear that, like, there's no doubt that Philip Rivers was doing that last year. We used to hear that Andrew Luck would spend his off days watching film. I don't even need to get into Peyton Manning, but. If this dude wants to accelerate this process, he needs to be in there watching the film yesterday. I'm sure he did. We'll find out more today after practice. But he hasn't seemed like a guy that's been intimidated. He hasn't played a lot of football the last couple of years. So he just needs to get every single rep he can get. Um, but I think these, the next couple of weeks are going to decide a lot for Jacob Eason. But I know for a fact this team is not looking to actively make a trade right now. Their chips are yep. in on the table on this guy. And, yeah, it's a risky move by Chris Ballard. It's putting a lot of stake, a lot of stake on on Jacob Eason and Frank Reich, um, but I, you know, we'll see. And and he's he's not he's not looking inept out there. You know, he's looking like a young quarterback, and he's he's made some plays the last couple practices that make you think, okay, maybe it's starting to slow down a little bit. But I think the next week and a half are going to be really vital. Yeah. So this is very anecdotal. But I think these are the kinds of things you want to see because that's all we got right now, right? So here, here's what I'm talking about. On what day is today? We never know what day it is. Now, Friday. Tuesday, he he and the offense, and I don't really blame him for this. The the offensive line, you'd say yeah, he didn't look inept. Uh, the, <laughs> the offensive line definitely looked inept on Tuesday. That was the first day without Quentin Nelson, I believe. Uh, they also, as I mentioned, there's no you know they, they're dealing with the backup left tackle. 
backup left guard, backup center, because Danny Pinter was was ill that day. So you're talking about third string guys in some cases there. Uh, let me tell you, Jackie Beeson had, I mean, his absolute worst day. It was awful. All right, what happened? He came back Wednesday, and you know what? He stood tall, and he says, damn it, I got this. And look, it's a very small microcosm, but that's what you got to do. Frank Reich noticed that. He yes. said, hey, way to bounce back. That's what quarterbacks have to do. Yeah, because you know what's going to happen, and Frank is, is a big – I think this is a big thing for Frank Reich. You know, you're going to throw an interception, all right? And then on the next series, you got to go back out there and you got to pull the trigger again, and you can't be scared. And so, you know, he, and Frank is aggressive. He, you're talking about an aggressive coach here, and I and obviously he'll be less aggressive with a young quarterback like Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger than he would be with Carson Wentz. But, but you know, you you got to win games, and I think you're going to have to. You're going to have to be aggressive at times, and Frank is going to put him in situations where maybe he'll have to do that. So you have to know that quarterback has guts. He has to have, you know, that that moxie to go out there and say, I don't care. You know, watch this. And so is it cocky? A little bit. You want your quarterback to have a little edge to him because he better, because the defense has an edge. Okay. You think those guys coming after the quarterback have an edge? You're damn right they do. So the the, the quarterback has to be able to match that. And and, and just from a confidence standpoint, really match that. And so, again, very, very, very small microcosm of a, a four-week training camp. But I was happy to see that. And I, I think that told me something. So we'll see. Uh, now the, the key is he's got to do it on consecutive days, consecutive weeks. He's got to do it in the preseason. So we got a long way to go. And he has a lot to prove. But I just kind of want to see the arrow keep pointing up. And I think that's where the Colts are. You you put it pretty well that you know they're all in. They are. I mean, because they feel like, look, we have – I don't know that their options are that great to begin with, right? And then even the options they do have, you know, are they going to be game changers? I, I don't know. I mean, we can talk about Nick Foles, and we probably will. But uh, outside of that, I don't know what you're – you know what? What are your options, right? You know, so that's that's the thing. We've 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 talked about them going to get a veteran, but like then again, but who? You know, so that's really the issue. Unless Blake Bortles, you know, sort of, you know, twinkles your toes, but I don't know that that not for me. Uh, so I wrote about Sam Ellinger this week, and you know, and I I knew I knew this would happen because I know you guys well. Um, this turned into, eh, is there a quarterback controversy? Well, no, no. We just told you they're all in on Jacob Eason. However, they also have been very clear. Jacob Eason has to earn it. And I think that's the right move. Um, you know, they're not going to gift wrap this thing to him if he's terrible. He has to do it. Uh, but what what do you think has to happen? What, what what would have to happen, do you think, for, for Sam Ellinger to become more of a factor because he has been, I think, steadier than Eason against the the number two defense, to be clear. Yeah, I think it's I think it's not in Sam Ellinger's hands. I think it's gonna take yeah. a total a total um catastrophe from Eason. Which, you know, I mean yeah. anything's possible. I don't see it happening, but um look Ellinger's it's this they're so different. They couldn't be more different. And for those fans that have come out to watch camp you know, I was watching Venturi for the, for the story, and, and he just turns to me and he said, he just throws a catchable ball. This is Ellinger, and he does. Mm-hmm. And he's got 
a little bit of that moxie where he just and, and Frank put it so well the other day when we were talking about him. He said he just has a way of simplifying the game. And it's not easy to do that. It's a complicated game, but some quarterbacks just make it a little bit simpler. Mm-hmm. And Ellinger has that. And and look, let's be very clear that Eason is going against the studs, the first team defense. Buckner and Grover Stewart are in his face every play. And the corners are all over the receivers. Ellinger's going against second and third team guys. And Eason is still moving the football, at least as of the last practice. So, like you said, this is not a QB controversy right now. But it's just interesting to compare the two skill sets. And I think it's fair to say, like your story mentioned, that the Colts have noticed Sam Ellinger's ability to pick up the offense very quickly. And um, he's just got a little bit of moxie about him. And I know that's a football Mm -hmm. term that gets overused. But come out to practice today or Saturday or Sunday and watch number four and and tell me what you think. Because this guy, he just has a little bit to him. And uh, it's fun to watch him play because he's the smallest kid on the field. He's got no arm strength. And he just finds a way to move the ball. You know, I, I think when you, I think Frank Reich actually kind of said this in a roundabout way. Uh, you know, he said basically that here's Jacob. He's he's big. He's got this big arm. He's and he's he has something special about him. And he kind of was like, yeah, you know, Sam doesn't have any of that. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, yeah. what? Yeah, he's like when you when you are that type of quarterback though. It's just this is his words. He said when you're that type of quarterback. You've got to find ways to win, and that is what I think makes him someone to embrace. You know, that's what draws you to him is that he, he does it with his with his head, with good decisions. He does it with his legs as well, being resourceful and and making plays. You know, getting himself in position to make plays. Uh, it's it's kind of, and this is I know this is going to sound stupid, but he's a very 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 poor man's Russell Wilson, right? Now Russell Wilson physically has has some gifts. Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. Like his that, that guy has one of the biggest make sure arms in the NFL. There's about ten pores in that. But yeah. 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 I'm being clear. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, like he's a broke, broke, broke <laughs> Russell Wilson right now. Right. Not poor man. He's he's broke man's Russell Wilson. But uh, I think similar in that Russell Wilson is resourceful. He couples that with a huge arm, obviously, yeah. and elite athlet- athleticism. Sam Ellinger doesn't have elite athleticism. He has good athleticism. But uh, but anyway, my point is uh, you, you understand why he would not be someone to write off. And I, I think the Colts, they have to keep everything on the table. That's the thing. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, they've got like five practices with Jacob Eason. So everything has to be on the table. They don't know anything. They don't know Sam Ellinger for that matter. So. But but I do think right now you keep all your options open. And I think that's where we are. We'll see. Jacob Peason will decide this. There's no question about it. Yeah, uh, it, it won't be a matter make. of uh, yeah. I don't think it'll be a matter of Sam Ellinger is so good we just have to take Jacob Peason out of there. No, no, it's going to be the other he's way around. Limited. Yeah, but but again, I think if it comes to it, he's an option, and and I think he's an option that they would they would like legitimately explore if they felt they needed to so and remember like this is so this is like a two or three game vacuum you know at worst if Wentz isn't ready for the opener remember we're not talking about right you know I do think I do think it's going to be easy I do for the record but if it's not this is a two to three game situation where you're not looking at a full-time long-term answer at quarterback you're looking at how do we beat the Rams in week two how do we beat the Seahawks in week one so yeah, I think I think you nailed it. This is you know how Chris thinks. You know how Chris Ballard mm-hmm. thinks. Let's let's just see how Eason does. Let's keep everything on the table, 
And let's just and I think I think Sam's going to be fun to watch during the preseason. I think the fans are going to enjoy him. I think he's going to become a fan favorite. He mm-hmm. plays with a lot of fire. His teammates like him. You can just listen to the way they talk about him. Um, and I would like him too if he threw. I mean, he puts everything on the money. Um, it takes a little bit to get there if it's, if it's an outside throw, but um, there's something to him. And you remember when they when they drafted this kid and Chris was like, he's just got it. I know that it, we say that about football players a lot, but he's just got it. I'm starting to see that. And I had a long talk with them about some other stuff last week, and that story will come out in the next couple of weeks. But special kid, and, and just keep an eye on him if you're going out to Westfield this week. Just just keep an eye on this kid when he's running the second and third team. Yeah, and I think the, the last thing that I'll say on this point is, look, I give Frank Reich and Chris Ballard a lot of credit. They, are, they have proven that uh, they will do what makes sense. They'll do the right thing. And, and if that means you know, making a move that, that goes against the grain, they'll do that. I mean, I look at, uh, for example, um, look at their, their punting situation. I think, when was that, 2018? Uh, yeah. Yeah, right? You know, they, they brought in a free agent punter, gave him signing bonus, and what did they do? <laughs> they kept their undrafted free agent, and guess what? Now he's one of the best punters in the league, right? So uh, that's that's kind of what they do. And and we've seen that at other places too. You know, they've they've made some cuts at final cuts where people were kind of up in arms about them, and they've generally been proven right. And so, I think that's the bottom line: is if if you have trust in their decision making, I'm not saying they've been perfect, but generally they get it right. So if you have trust in their decision making, I think this is another case where you got to trust it. So, looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get away from quarterbacks for a second, um, which is hard to do. But who has been the guy, do you think, uh, t- take one guy on offense, one guy on defense for you, who have been the absolute standouts in your mind? Anybody? Yeah, on offense, it's it's a two-man race. It's the 2020 top two picks. It's Taylor and Pittman. Taylor's been phenomenal. And And let me ask you this. Do you get a sense that he's just way more confident this mm-hmm. year? Like yes. it, and even in interviews, it's like, whoa, yep. this guy knows he's the shit, and he is, and he is, and he looks like it on the field too. 
I just but get it's a, all, but it, I love it because it's not an arrogance. It's like a no, you know, like we asked him. Someone asked him the other day, like you know, now like defenses are coming for you now. Like they know who you are. They saw the tape, and he's like, I want that. I'm ready for that. Let them come. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay, all right, big dog, let's go. And I kind of asked him, like, hey, like quarterbacks out, lines shaky. There's a lot more on your shoulders than there was even two weeks ago. And he's like, all right, you know, like mm-hmm. there, yeah. there is some, there is some swagger to him. And even Pittman, who said the same exact thing, like, I want to be the number one receiver, and he's playing like it. He's playing like it. So those two on offense for me. It's not just what they've done on the field, and they've been the best players on offense on the field. Mm-hmm. It's how they have carried themselves off it, and even in our interactions. And I know that might be, you know, not the most important thing in the world, but you can tell some guys don't have it, some guys don't have that confidence, and some guys do. And these guys are are talking the talk right now, and they look like they're ready to have really big seasons on defense. I mean, it's hard to go against Buckner, who lived in the backfield the other day, hmm. and Grover Stewart, who did the same thing, but. Man, I mean, I Okariki's been really good, and he does what he does well, really well. And that's sideline to sideline. You know, Venturi made a good point. Is he going to be able to fill that mic spot and really get the, and do the dirty work, right, and, and shed the blocks and then stuff the tackle? Um, we'll see about that, but he moves really well, and he has absolutely stood out to me on defense so far. So let me take that point and go a step further. So I had someone who not someone not in the organization, uh, but who is very plugged in, told me the other day, <laughs> you know, there's people in the Colts organization who think Bobby Okiriki is their most well-rounded linebacker. And hmm. I kind of thought about that for a second. It's like, ooh, don't let Darius Leonard hear that. But yeah. I don't think it's wrong. And I'll tell you what, look, it's not they didn't say the best linebacker, the the most complete linebacker. And I think if you think about it, look, Darius Leonard, he he can make plays in coverage. There's no question because he is such an athlete, but it is not the strongest part of his game. Okay. Like he he does he does take some chances and get himself in trouble and, and that kind of thing. Because that's how Darius makes his plays. He's 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 instinctive and he's like, Eric, I think they're gonna do this, so I'm gonna do this, right? Uh Bobby definitely plays with instincts, but he also plays, I think, a little more structured. And so he, he ends up getting in position for a lot of plays on the ball. He, he just really has a knack for that. Um, he also is really great at the point of attack. And so I, I just think he's a really good coverage linebacker. He's, he's a great tackler. Uh, he, he plays with speed. Uh, but he, he's going to be, I think, potentially their, their most all-around linebacker. I don't think there's any question that he, he can be that guy this year. And honestly, I think he can take a step and become one of the key players in that defense. I don't think there's any question about it. He has all the tools. He plays a position in this defense that enables you to make plays. So there's no reason this guy can't be, uh, I think, one of the the cornerstones of this defense moving forward. Uh, they They just keep doing a good job on defense of finding young talent that ends up supplanting someone and... And, you know, that's the case here. I mean, Anthony Walker became expendable because Bobby Okereke is just a better player. Um, and this so is one of those situations where, you know, we've covered a lot of training camps where it's like he just makes a play every day or every other day. And it's like that's just going to carry over to the season. It just yeah. is. Like it's just you see it in camp. I remember in 2018, like a couple of weeks in, I was like, Kenny Moore is the best corner on this team. And it's not even close. And there were mm-hmm. some older guys and it was he wasn't supposed to be the best corner 
but it was clear. And then he had a breakout season. And it's just, this is the same sort of thing. Like he just brings it every day. It's not an accident. And it's not going to just disappear when they get to Sunday. So Oak Creek, he's been really good. I love the way Julian Blackman moves in the back end. He looks yeah. like um, he looks like he's got his legs under him after a rough end to last year. And Kari Willis is a guy that no one's ever going to talk about a lot, but he just he's fun to watch in those one-on-one reps because he makes it so difficult for the receiver to get any type uh, of airspace. And and Kari's not going to make the splash plays, but he's just really consistent day after day. Yeah, I, I think they have. They have a lot of playmakers on this defense. And I think that's really going to be key for them, especially early. Can they get some turnovers? I think this is a big opportunity for them to to keep games competitive You know, while these injuries you know, kind of get resolved. I think one of the things they, they're going to have to do is just give their offense more opportunities. You know, Give the ball back to Jonathan Taylor and company, right? And see what they can do. Yeah. Because... Because early on, you know, you're, you're you're gonna you're worried about you know how much firepower you're gonna have, you know, given the quarterback situation. I think that's a very fair concern, and it should be a concern. Now, for the defense, you know, they're gonna have their hands full too. <laughs> I mean, look, they get they get Seattle and the Rams back to back, you know, to open up, and so you know those are two teams with firepower that can make plays, and so you know have explosive players. So the defense is gonna have its hands full. I think one of the ways that it can level the playing field is turnovers. Now, and and again, they have a group with the ability to produce turnovers. I think that's that's huge. I think that is something that is going to be a calling card for them. There, you know, they talked about last year shooting for forty turnovers. They didn't get there. I forget the number right now. I think they were they were top five, I believe, though in the NFL. Yeah, the number is forty this year, I believe. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a look. It's a gaudy number. Um, I think it. I think the NFL record is not much higher than that, actually. Right. So, so I mean, look, they uh, it's a ridiculous and gaudy goal, but that's okay. I mean, I think they they should have high goals in this area because I think they have players capable of producing turnovers. So we'll see what happens. I, I think that's going to be one of the things, as I said, that can level the playing field. Um, another guy, I think, on defense who. Um, I, I, I'm kind of seeing some some flash from like really consistently, and I want to I want to know more. I want to dig into this. I want to see if this continues. Is Ben Banigou, and that yes. has been as big a surprise as anything. Now it's not a surprise that we were paying attention because we were watching this guy because there's a lot of anticipation to see, frankly, if he's good enough to even stick around. You know, there's pressure on this kid. But look, uh, the, the offensive line is what it is, but. He's been a factor, man. Um, I mean, is this a mirage? What do you think? No, man. The pads are on. It wasn't just. It wasn't just in shorts. Um, he's doing it. I watched the one-on-one drills the other day. He's moving with the speed that he didn't have last year. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Only Ben Banigou knows what happens. But he was invisible in camp last year. Like I never even wrote his name down in my notes. Like I never saw him make a play. And he's not just making plays out there this week. He's he's yapping. He's running around. Like the other day, you know, it's kind of weird. So he makes a sack, but they don't actually sack the quarterback because it's camp. And then he runs down the field after the completion and hustles to the ball. Like I just never saw him that active on the field last year. So I'm not going to say it's a shoe-in to make the team, but he is bringing it. He's doing everything he can right now. A lot of like what Tyquan Lewis did last year. And you got to remember, like second-round pick, 
like talent. Like, and I think they got into that weird situation where it's like, is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? He's been defensive end the whole time, but um, boy, if this defensive line, which was a huge concern of mine coming into camp, Toure's been fantastic. I mean, he makes a play every day. He's he's got what no one else on that line has. He's got that bend and that size and that speed around the edge. Toure's playing great. Banigou's popping all of a sudden out of nowhere. Taekwon's been good. Quiddy Peg seems to get better every single day. Um, you know, maybe if all those guys can stay healthy, the defensive end room can be pretty solid. Now you have some huge concerns on the other side of the ball all of a sudden about the left tackle, left guard, quarterback, center. But um, if you get some pass rush, that opens things up for this team. And let me ask you this. So we've heard this over and over again from the defensive players. We want to be elite. Like they want to take this next step. They don't want to be a good defense. They want to be one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. Can they do that with this pass rush? I am starting to think yes. Now, I think we need to see more. And I got to see it in games. I need to see it on Sundays. Games being preseason games, I should say. And then, obviously, I need to see it in the regular season. So, you know, what whether what I'm seeing is real is, is something I, I can't say 100%, right? Because practice is a very different animal. But all I can tell you is they're winning the matchups. They're winning the matchups and... I, I mean the offensive line, be that as it may, I mean you're gonna you're gonna get some bad offensive linemen matchups sometimes. <laughs> okay, so like they weren't winning those last year either. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. so you know it's not like they were playing all pros every week. I mean they had some you know some duds they went against and they didn't win those matchups. So they're winning. And they're winning consistently. I I think it's I think it's real. Um, I thought that they were. They were a notch below elite last year because uh, they just weren't consistent enough, you know. And you you can't be elite with with the kind of pass rush they had last year. I don't think that's possible. There's no way you can be considered elite. I think about the elite defenses. I think about defenses that that get after the quarterback. That has to be one of the the key attributes. You yeah, know? it's so vital. That, you know, Chicago and the Rams. I mean, they they get after the quarterback. You know and I think, and they consistently do that, and then they they got the back end too. But but that's one, but that's definitely part of the packages. They get after the quarterback, and the Colts, outside of Buckner last year, I don't think we're doing that nearly enough. So now, look, I mean, sometimes these defensive ends, these edge players, I think sometimes you know we're used to well. We sometimes see those guys pop right away, you know, as rookies. There's, it's not unheard of, right? We see that from time to time. These rookie pass rushers come out of nowhere, or maybe not out of nowhere, but they're rookie pass rushers, and you know, they get seven, eight, nine sacks. And you're like, man, where'd that guy come from, right? But, and then you have what the Colts have, which is guys who seem to be late bloomers potentially. You know, Tyquan Lewis was that way. He he always flashed. And I'm not saying he's going to the Pro Bowl, but I'm just saying he he always flashed, even as a rookie. But I never saw any consistency. And I thought last year was the most consistent season he had. This is his third season. And now he's in his fourth year. And so, same with Banigou. You know, this guy hasn't done anything consistently he, except be inactive last year. And something definitely has happened. There's no question. Something has definitely happened with Ben Banigou. And I think he seems like he's having fun again. Like I know that's just simplifying it, but he's having fun on the football field. You know what? It it is simplifying it. And I think you're right. It, It sometimes it is simple. You know what it is, is confidence. It's, 
when you when you feel like you can do it and then you do it, you know, that's a great feeling. And I think it's just confidence. And you can't tell me this guy was playing with confidence before. No. I mean, I, no. I don't know. I've, I've seen – he's more animated than I've ever seen him. And I think that's a guy who who feels confident in himself and is having fun, too, on top of that. So they, But those things go hand in hand. So – Anyway, Don't forget about Toure. I'm telling you. No, guys, I agree. I'm buying it, and I, I agree. and I see it, and he's in the quarterback's face a lot, and he could be a legit starter. He could be a good player. I think it's been health for him. I mean, it's been a year and a half since this guy's been healthy. That's crazy. Yeah, it was October 2019. Yeah, it's a long time. The Chiefs game. The Chiefs game. I know. Seems like 12 years ago because of COVID. There were five and two <laughs> that time. <laughs> anyway, so. You know, look, man. They 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 have to get the health is gonna health is a pro is a is a product of this. This is a product of health too, I should say, because it's no coincidence. All the guys on offense are hurt, and the offense is struggling. Right on defense, they got their guys. They're missing Darius Leonard, granted, and that's a big loss. But I think you know they can cover up for that. You know, with some of the other guys that they have. Oh, pass rush can cover up everything. Sure. I mean, I'm not counting the chickens before they hatch, but like. We'll see. It's been it's been it's been an encouraging development in a camp where there hasn't been very many of them. Let's be honest. Right. And at the end of the day, if you want something to hold on to, and I know you know we started this with just you know one blow after another the past week and a half. But if you want something you can hang on to, it's I think this defense can give them a chance. The one issue I have, and I'll say this here, one the one thing I'm not really thrilled about is the cornerback play. I don't think it's gotten better, right? I mean, no. I don't. I don't think it's well, better. Xavier I'm not saying it's bad. Once. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I don't know if it's better. So we'll see. Yeah. But Xavier Rhodes, yeah, as you said, is not out there. He's still on the COVID list. Like, damn, I mean, it's been like, what's coming back? <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, they, so they practice six or seven or eight times. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's that's my one concern on defense, and I don't even know if concern is the right word. It's just I think. Uh, it's something that I'm aware of, put it that way. So I don't think it's bad. I just, you know, I don't know that it's, it's definitely not special. So we'll see. So other than that, uh, nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is actually something else going on. I'm going to Canton tomorrow to watch two of the greatest ever go into the Hall of Fame. So, um, oh, yeah, there's that. It should be a hell of a class reunion for the Colts. I mean, we're talking. I think everybody's going to be there. So yeah. everybody from that era, um, Peyton and Edge's era, those early 2000s, late 2000s teams. And when Peyton's there, you know, the whole thing um, takes another level. So, Including, by the way, Tom Brady, who will be sitting in Peyton's section. Did you hear yeah. what he said? <laughs> it's kind That's of what he said on Fox last night. We'll see how Robert Mathis takes that. <laughs> um, but I'll be there to watch, and I'll let you guys know how it goes, and I'll let you know if – Tom Brady absorbs any bodily harm. Yeah, I mean Tom Tom Brady. I should say Robert Mathis. I think is a very open minded guy. I think this will be fine. I think it'll be totally fine. Robert Mathis is very understanding. Uh, yeah, loves quarterbacks. Patient. Yeah, this will be fine. Right, I mean, right. I know his Twitter handle is QB Killer or yeah, hater, whatever it is, something like that. When he would do his softball game, the back of his jersey would say QB Hater. Right. So other than that, he loves quarterbacks. So I think it'd be fine. <laughs> now I kind of want to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
I'm ready. So, anyway, it, it really will be though a pretty cool weekend, man. Uh, I I can't imagine. Uh, where did I hear this? Was it you who told me about uh, about uh, the you know, Edrin's party uh, being scheduled to end at like three a.m. and uh, yeah, it's not going to end at three. <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> he's like, "We're not doing three. <laughs> We're talking like six a.m." I love oh it. Oh my gosh, I love it. Listen, hey, Hall of Famers can do whatever they want on the, right. on the night they're inducted. That's the rule. Let's just put it this way. Edron's a night owl, okay? The man owns a strip club, okay? <laughs> so he he comes out at night. Let's just That's his element. So it'll be fun. It'll be definitely a, a fun weekend, man. I mean, you're going to see basically everyone you watched in that era. That's going to be really amazing to see. No yeah, they're all going to be there. It's going to be it's going to be pretty special. Pretty special right. for this organization. No question. No question. All right. We appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, thanks for following along on our coverage. Uh, you guys are the best. And uh, if you're not subscribed, uh, now's a great time to do it right before football season. So, uh, theathletic.com. Lots of specials there for you uh, to partake in. And uh, we'd love to have you. So, thanks for listening. Hope to subscribe to the podcast if you're not a subscriber there. So, you make sure you get it in your feed. And with that, we'll wrap another episode of 1% Better. I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer. Thanks for listening. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.